If you have your Bibles, uh, you turn with me to the Gospel of St. Luke. The Gospel of St. Luke, the 12th chapter, the Gospel of St. Luke, 12th chapter. Uh, I want to start at verse 35. Luke 12, 35. Luke 12, 12, 35. Let your waist be girded and your lamp burned. And you yourself be like men who wait for their master when he will return from the wedding. And when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. Get this, this is my key verse. Blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. Surely I say to you that he will gird himself and have them sit down to eat and get this. And will come and serve them. Verse 38. And if he should come in the second watch... Are come in the third watch and find them so blessed are those servants. Verse 39. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have what? Watched and not allowed the house to be broken in. Verse 40. Therefore, you also be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at the hour you do not, do not expect. Amen. I want to talk to you from the subject, ready or not, here he comes. Ready or not, here he comes. During the summer months, we could not afford daycare. Every now and then, Mom would have enough money once in a while during the summer months to put, it in, put us into the YMCA. Those times when she could not, uh, during the summer months when we were out of school, we were left at the house by ourselves as she goes to work. Uh, she gave us chores. We had to clean our rooms. And then someone, after we got through cleaning our rooms, someone had restroom responsibility and someone had the kitchen responsibility and someone had the living room responsibility. Amen. We couldn't go outside. Uh, we couldn't have company over. Right. Mom would leave the house about seven or no six o'clock in the morning, and would not return to well after four o'clock. So we had approximately an area of about ten hours mm -hmm. to do our to do our yeah. chores. Ten hours <laughs> being at the house by ourselves. Ten hours to clean our room, to do the restroom, to do the kitchen. To do the living room, 10 hours in the house. And afterwards, when we do our chores, we were permitted to watch television or to play in the house. Uh, but we always had to keep our area clean. We had 10 hours. Y'all hear what I'm saying? We had 10 hours. Now, for a child, 10 hours is a long time. 10 hours to clean our rooms. My brother and I, we had it pretty easy because we were in the same rooms. We had bump beds. My sister had a room by herself. But each one of us had 10 hours to clean our rooms, get this, to do the restroom, to do the kitchen, to do the living room. 10 hours from 6 a.m. 
until sometime after 4 o'clock, 10 hours. Couldn't have any company over. Uh, couldn't even go outside. Couldn't talk on the phone. We had 10 hours. I keep saying that because I want you to know. I want to impress upon you. We had 10 hours to be prepared for our mama coming home. 10 hours to do all of that. We all had our assignment. 10 hours. And for a child, uh, 10 hours is a long time to be waiting around, looking. And every now and then, once in a while, once in a blue moon, we would peep out the curtains because every now and then, Mama had a, a strange habit of showing up unexpectedly, getting off of work, getting off of work, getting off of work early. Here in our lesson uh, this morning, Jesus explains through the parable the consequences of a servant who is watching, the consequences of a servant who is waiting for his master to come home. Uh, as a servant, you and I, and we are servants of God, uh, our responsibility is to always be ready, always be watching, always be waiting, and here's a key word here, always prepared for the Lord to return. We always are to be on our on our God. And so here in verse 35 and 36, uh, Jesus talks about how or why we should be what? Prepared. Uh, first of all, he says that one of the ways that we are to be prepared is that we are to be girded. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That means to put a belt around our waist, pull our pants up, uh, and, and be prepared to move quickly when the master comes. Be prepared to work. Be prepared to be on our on our job. He also says that our lamp should always be burning. Once again, we should always be in a state of readiness, of preparation. Uh, we ought to be fully dressed, having our belts tight around our waist. I've seen so many young men walking around holding their pants up. If someone was to take up after them, run after them, or chase them, they couldn't go anywhere. They couldn't move fast because they are too busy holding their pants up. So the idea behind having our waist girded is to be ready to move swiftly. In the Middle East, even the Middle East today, uh, men wear long robes, flowing robes. And when they are working and when they have to move quickly, they have to pull that robe up and gird it around their waist. In order to work. He says also that we are to have our lamp burning. Our lamp burning. That's The idea behind that is that we are to have our lamp burning. That means that our attitude must be different. Our behavior must be different. Uh, 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 how, we, how, how we want the world to perceive us. Must be shown through our actions. Because believe it or not. Whether you understand it or not. If you say that you're a Christian. And that you boast that you're a Christian. And people in your neighborhood. On your job. And your family. Know that you're a Christian. They are watching uh, you. Have you ever been watched? They're watching what you're saying. They're watching what you're doing. 
It's a horrible thing. I don't like it. I don't like being under the spotlight. But that's what they're doing. They're watching everything that, that I do and that you do. And so our attitude, if you met somebody with a bad attitude, if you ever met a believer with a bad attitude, Amen, amen, amen. Bad attitude. What does that say about who you are as a believer? How do people perceive you as a Christian if your attitude is bad? Nobody wants to be around you. When they see you, they hide in the corner. They don't even want to say hello to you. You never have any good news. Every time you turn around, something is always bad. There's always a, a negative and never a positive. God had never blessed you. And they get mad and upset because they wonder why they're not being blessed. Their attitude is bad. Their, 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 their light is dim. And as believers, our light should always be what? Bright. I'm not saying that you won't have any bad times. I'm not saying that you won't have any times when you are depressed. I won't say, I'm not saying that you don't have any times when you are not happy. But as believers in God, we should always remember who we belong to. Every now and then I take a spiritual check in my life. I'm 65 years old. And I look back over my life and I look at where God has brought me from. Have you ever just sit down and just thought about? Where God has brought you from. Have you ever thought about where you were back in the day? I remember back in the day. Back in the 70's. With platform shoes. Bell bottom pants. Dashiki. Afro all the way out to here. Amen. Jet black hair. Amen. Well thought I was the baddest brother in town. God had to break some things down. Amen, amen. I look good, but I was broke as I don't know what. The times I couldn't pay the bills. The times I'm sitting in the, in the house and all of a sudden the lights cut off because I didn't pay. I don't know if y'all know what that is. Y'all don't know nothing about that. Yeah, y'all don't, don't know Y'all don't know Y'all don't know that. times I got laid off from a job. Wife pregnant. She going to work and here I am at home. Times I didn't know where the money was going to come from. Times that my attitude was, can I say this, funky. Bad at the world. When I look back to where I was and where I am right now, I can say it's nobody but, nobody but God. He says, gird yourself. Keep your lamp burning. Keep your lamp burning. Because you never know when the master is coming. There in verse 37, he says, he gives at least five uh, uh, blessings about the coming of the Lord. How we should be prepared. First of all, he says that the believer is blessed. That's right there. Look at the scripture. He says, verse 37, blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, finds watching Finds watching. You know that you and I are blessed. That word blessed simply means happy. It means that we uh, are reward as believers, as persons who are prepared, persons who are, are watching. When the Lord comes back, we will forever be in a perpetual state of happiness. 
I can't understand that in my little mind. In my little mind, I can't really comprehend the idea of being happy every day. Can you, can you think about think about that? Just happy every day. No, no worries, no cares. Just, just knowing that you're blessed every day. You know, knowing that whatever you're going through, God is with you. Knowing that whatever you're going to experience is because of God. And being able to go through the storms of life, knowing that you're that you're just happy. He says, happy. And, that, uh, and also that idea of happiness has the idea of being in the presence of God eternally. That's part of our rewards. That when he comes back and we, and he knows and he sees and observes that we have been waiting for him. That we are prepared for him. Can I, let me stop right there. That's a difference. That's a difference. That's a difference in being ready. That's a difference in being ready, watching. But that's a big difference in preparing. See, you can prepare. You can wait. I mean, I'm sorry, you can wait and you can be ready, but if you're not prepared. Have you ever been watching? Have you ever been waiting? But you're not prepared. The story is told of a lady who was... Got word that God, Jesus, was coming to the house. She started cleaning up her house, and, and a knock was at the door. She came to open the door, and some kids said, "Ma'am, we we're hungry, and we uh, we wanted that. Can you can you give us something to eat?" And she said, "No, I, I can't give you nothing. To eat. I'm busy. Jesus is coming to the house." Shut the door. Went to clean up, and then knock at the door again. And she goes to the door, and there's a man. There's a mama. Could you give me a cup of water? I'm thirsty. And she said, oh, no, no, I ain't got time to give you a cup of water. Jesus is coming to the house. Shut the door in face and knock at the door. She goes there a third time, and there is a lady said, ma'am, uh, uh, I, I, my, my children need some clothes. Could you, could you help me? Uh, I know you have something in here. You always have something to give. And she said, right now I can't help you. Jesus is coming. Finally, she waited and waited and waited. Jesus never showed up. And she wondered why Jesus didn't show up. A little steel voice in the back of her mind said, well, I came when those children came there. But you didn't have nothing. I came when that woman came there. But you, I came when that man came there. And you were not prepared to aid can, can I be truthful with you? I, I flunked the test two weeks ago, and I told the church I flunked the test. I flunked it. I admitted it. I admitted it at Sunday school. I flunked the test. I was on my way to church, and I took a new route to church. I See, I live right down the street to church. I used to walk to church every Sunday, but I live right down the street from the church. But I took another route, and I went past my mama's house, crossed over Shamara Street, and there was a man in the middle of the street. He had a I perceived was a bag before him, and he was kind of stretching. And there was a lady sitting on the back of a trailer, and she was trying to flag me down, trying to flag me down. And you know what I did? I ain't got time. I'm going to church. That bothered me. That bothered me. And I confessed it to the church. I said, I flunked the test, y'all, this morning. I already knew what they wanted. But I didn't have time to deal with they miss. Or what I perceived was their, their mess. 
I flunked the test. And so we are going to be in a perpetual state of a blessing. Why? Number one, number two, we got to remember that Jesus is our master. It's right there in verse 37. He said, blessed are those servants whom uh, the master, when he comes, finds them watching. Amen. Yeah. I think sometimes we forget who Jesus is. He's not the man upstairs. He's not our friend. He's not our, our buddy. He's not our homeboy. He is our master. That means that he owns us. Now that we have given ourselves to him, he owns us. We have his spirit within us. He is our master. And for black folks, we don't like that word master. For some reason, we don't like that word. I don't know what reason here, but we don't like that word master. That's a difficult word for us to deal with. Master. But get used to it. Whether you like it or not, he is our master. As a matter of fact, I, I, start in, I had incorporated that word into my vocabulary in my prayers. I call him my, my master. And I'm just a tool. I'm just his slave. I'm just his servant. But my master implies grace in my life. That draws me closer to him. You see, I don't serve him because I'm afraid of him. I am afraid of him. I serve him because I love him. And because he has been so good, good to me. So he is, he is, our, he is our master. He owns us. He owns every part of us. From the top of our heads, soles of our feet. He owns us. And here's the verse that really got me. Here's the verse. Let me, let me, read, let me finish reading verse 37. He says, Bless are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. Assuredly, here it is right here. I've never seen this before. I've read this scripture hundreds of times, and I never really comprehended or seen it before. But listen, look at it. You got it? You got your Bible? Look at what it says. Look, he says, he says, he says, assuredly, I say to you that he will gird himself and have them set down, get this, to eat. Here it is right here. It just blew my mind. And will come and serve them. Wait a minute. 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 You mean the creator of the universe. You mean uh, the one who died on the cross. You mean the one who is God Almighty will serve me. Wait, 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 The whole scripture deals with being prepared, watching, service, being on our job, being faithful to him. 
It's right there in the scripture. Y'all reading it? You seeing it? And if we are watching, that's what verse 37 says. Blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, finds watching. For surely I say to you that he will gird himself and will and and have them set down to eat and will come and serve the master serving the slave. The master serving the creature. The master serving those who have been faithful to him. And I got to thinking about this. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Has Jesus ever, when he was alive, has he ever served? Well, yes, he served when he was on earth. He healed the sick, didn't he? Amen, amen. He raised the dead, didn't he? He gave sight to the blind, didn't he? Now, he served by giving his life on the cross for our sins. He who knew no sin became sin on our behalf for us. His life was one of service. And so as his life was one of service here on earth, his life will be one of service in heaven. When we get to heaven, not only will we praise and worship him, but he's going to serve us. How will he serve us? Well, he's going to begin by changing this lowly body of ours. Amen. Into his supernatural body. We're going to have the same supernatural body that Christ Jesus has. When we see him, we will see him as he is. Well, we will be just like him. Change our nature. No more sin. Scripture says that he's going to wipe away every tear. No more pain. No more sorrow. Amen. No more worrying about a building, Pastor Hunt. Amen. No more worrying about finances. Amen. Amen. He's going to serve us by freeing us from all our issues and all of our, our pain. He gave the greatest example by washing his disciples' feet, by healing the sick, raising the dead, going to the cross. He was our example of service. And so if he's our example of service, what is our responsibility but to be just like him? Amen. Serving one another. Serving one another. And then there's, a, there's another aspect I, I, I saw in this. That we ought to be watchful because we don't know when he's coming back, right? The scripture says that in verse 38 that he's, he says, and, and, if, uh, and, if we should, and if he should come in the second, second watch, that's, that's 9 to 12, 9 to 12. In, in, the, in the third watch, that's 12 to 3. Amen. We don't know when he's coming back. But, uh, he says, uh, and, find, and find them so, blessed are those servants. We bless are those servants. That means that our, our watching, our readiness, our preparedness should be 24-7. Seven days a week. Not just on Sunday morning. But every day. We are to be prepared for the master's return. My mama. <laughs> I love my mama. But there were times, as I said earlier, she came back home unexpectedly and can you imagine seeing three <laughs> children scramble as, as that green Buick pulled in the driveway and mama got off of work early room still dirty dishes still in the sink 
Amen, 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 amen. Restroom, toilet paper everywhere. Sister didn't even flush the toilet. I mean, clothes everywhere in the room. And we thought we had time. Can I, can I, can I, can I say that one of the, 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 one of the most dangerous phrases that will get us in trouble is this. I got time. I can do it tomorrow. That's what I said when they, when they cut the lights out. Sitting in, in my chair. I pay the bill tomorrow. <laughs> really, I didn't care about that. They want their money. Right then and there, the lights went out. There are going to be times when we're going to be so complacent in our walk with God. We're going to be so, we're going to think we're so close with him that we're going to try to cheat his grace and his mercy. When we're going to say, I got time. I can do it tomorrow. Oh, well, listen, listen. Oh, oh, I, I can always ask God to forgive me. Because the scripture says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We're going to try to cheat God's grace because we think we got time. A lot of, people, a lot of folks have died and gone to hell because they thought they had time. But you never know when the Lord is going to knock at the door. Here's the fifth and final point I see in the scripture. Verse 40 says, therefore, you also be ready. For the Son of Man is coming in an hour that you do not expect. Listen, there's a message of salvation here also. This whole message deals with the believers and the servants. Remember, we are servants. He's, he's trying to encourage us to be ready to be watchful, to be prepared. But there's another aspect of the message also, but and the idea is that there is a message of salvation for the unbeliever. Because God is always, through Christ Jesus, knocking at the door. And if we are not prepared to answer, we'll miss our blessings. He's knocking at the door of our hearts. He's saying, open up and let me come in. He's not going to force him way in, but he's knocking. I'm here. Let me in. Let me in. Let me in. Hour is passing. Your time is almost up. Let me in. Let me in. Stop doing what you're doing. Stop watching the game. Stop, stop, stop going out to the clubs. Stop going with your friends. Stop listening to everybody else. The hour is now let me let me in don't think that you got time like i used to think i can i can i can i can come to church uh, i'm young and i'm strong and i can come to church and i can come to lord at any time and i didn't realize that god can take me just like just like that and as long as you have breath in your body you got a chance that's hope as long as you got breath in your body but if you die without the lord you die without the lord all hope, all hope is gone. You guys are getting ready to make a move. And you're preparing. You're doing all you think you need to do to make that move. 16 years of watching. 
16 years of waiting, 16 years of preparing. And finally, God said, let's go. And all that you've done in 16 years has led you to this one point in your life when you're about to make a major move into the hood. So you, you're moving from Powerland, but you're going to my area, the hood, where the homies are. Mm -hmm. Culture is different. Amen. Attitudes are different. Ain't no holy and brother, my sister in Christ. That's there, but that's a whole lot of cussing. A whole lot of looking around. A whole lot of loud music. And the question is, God is moving you into this area. Are you prepared to move? And I think you are. I think you're going to be successful. If you prepare. See, there are times in our lives that God brings one key moment. We call it, we call it, what do we call it? We call it a minute. Right then and there. Uh, you know, right then and there. He wants you, boom. All your life you've been prepared for, boom. You can either miss it or you can embrace it. Question is, pastor said, God is moving. I can see him moving. Are you moving with him? Don't put your pastor out there on the limb and saw it off. Stay with him. Prepared this man for 16 years. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. Membership saw the limb from underneath the pastor. And God is working. But because they were afraid and because they were not prepared, they missed out on the blessings. Prepared him and you for 16 years to make this move. He's watching. He's coming. Be ready. Be faithful. Stick together. And I guarantee God will give the increase. Amen? Amen. Amen. Ready or not, here he comes.